everyone, and welcome to the Wharton FinTech Podcast. My name is Anirudh Singh, and today, Ali McCluskey and I will sit down with Ryan and Miguel to bring you a special episode that reflects on the past year of the podcast. Sadly, Ryan and Miguel will be graduating soon, but together they've recorded nearly 200 shows and brought the podcast to a new level. Over the next few weeks, you will start to hear more episodes from Ali and me as we transition into the host role. Today, the four of us discuss lessons learned over the past year of recording, favorite episodes and memories, Ryan and Miguel's plans after graduating, and advice they have for future years. Towards the end, Ali and I will discuss more about what we're looking forward to in the year to come. Hope you enjoy the show. All right. How's it going, Ryan? Miguel, it's good to see you on the platform instead of a guest. This is quite a nice change up. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm excited. It's been an amazing year. It's still ongoing. We're still polishing a ton. But we're here to have a, quite of a different episode today because uh, for the listeners, what you're going to start noticing from now on is some new voices and some amazing new talent that is coming to the podcast. And we're here to introduce uh, our new uh, amazing co-hosts. Yeah, I have to say this is one of the most bittersweet days of my life. It has been just an unbelievable journey, Miguel, over the last year. And we'll definitely get to that. But I'm equally excited because we have hand-selected two of the best possible first years to take over this podcast over the next year. And I'm so, so excited to see what direction that they take it in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and perhaps we can get started by actually have them introduce themselves rather than us talking about them. <laughs> of course. So maybe Ali, we can start with you. How are you today? Sure, I'm great. And it's such an honor. And working with the two of you has been such a privilege over the last year to see Best in the Business, how to run a great podcast, a well-esteemed podcast with insurmountable reach. So it's a privilege to be part of it. Can't wait to take it over. Honor and I have been itching to start recording our episodes and just so excited to be here. Yeah. So now you can see why Ali got the job. She is just ultimately flattering at all times. I appreciate the kind words. Now, Anarud, we would love to hear from you as well. Sure. And I have to say, it's a lot more nerve wracking being on this end of your guys's questions than being on the other side. You guys have quite the aura right now. Um, but sure, <laughs> yeah, let me, we're, let me... we're starting nice, by the way. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. So yeah, let me briefly introduce myself, then maybe Ali, you can do the same. So my name is Anirudh Singh. Of course, first year student getting my MBA here at Wharton. Bit of personal background about me. I grew up in India. At a pretty young age, my family moved to Japan. And then at a pretty young age, we moved to a suburb of Boston. That's mostly where I grew up. And I'm pretty confident my first exposure to a fintech problem was watching my parents try to move money around between those three countries. I received my undergraduate degree at the University of Pennsylvania, studying mathematical economics, and then for four years worked as a consultant in New York. First at Deloitte Technology, working on large-scale implementations, and then at Strategy and in a more traditional management consulting role. I was working mostly for banks and insurance companies at the time. So I think I got to see kind of from the incumbent side some of the problems from within, why they're slower to market, why it's slower to get new products out, some of the legal hurdles they have to face. And super excited to be here, excited to be a first-year student and learn from you guys. Ali, maybe you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. I'll give the readout of my LinkedIn profile. So like I mentioned, happy to be here. My name is Ali McCluskey. I grew up in Connecticut, next to obviously one of the biggest epicenters of finance, 
known to man and spent my early days at Vanderbilt with Ryan, actually. So we have that Commodore spirit mutually, and then went directly on to JP Morgan Chase and started my career in traditional sales and trading, selling equity derivatives to hedge funds, had an absolute blast doing it and thought it was one of the best post-grad jobs, just, you know, drinking from the fire hose, being thrown right into the, again, the center of the conversation around the stock market. And to me, it was so tangible and relatable as something that I would want to be educated on forever, whether it's at cocktail parties or for your personal finance investing. So it felt like a very natural extension of my interests, which were studying economics and psychology in undergrad. So sort of theoretically how markets should operate, completely juxtaposed by how irrationally folks behave within financial markets and sort of seeing the beauty that happens at the cross-section between those two disciplines. So started my career at JP Morgan, ended it before Wharton, still at JP Morgan. I had a quarter-life crisis about halfway through where I saw the fintech landscape absolutely blossoming and just the rocket ship was started. And I was in this this seat where our asset class was being electronified. Everything around us was being digitized. And I wasn't in the driver's seat and I wasn't a change agent. And I desperately wanted to be in the room where these decisions were being made. And so I moved over to fintech incubation right around the time where I think the bulge bracket bank stance on the fintech ecosystem, strategic partnerships was evolving quite a bit. And so it was sort of JP Morgan's first foray into actually partnering with early stage fintech companies to bring the best and brightest talent products and services into the fold at JP Morgan Chase into our tech pipeline to build out the best in breed products moving forward. And so that's sort of where I ended was in this realm of fintech strategy and incubation partnerships and absolutely fell in love with the ecosystem, fell in love with the intersection between sort of this old guard of traditional finance and this new guard of tech folks who, you know, maybe weren't as well versed in some of the regulations or some of the legacy infrastructure or some of just the legacy mindsets and sort of the convergence of these two disparate populations trying to create the future of the industry. So I think you can certainly tell that Andrew and I come from backgrounds that this was clearly a distinct interest. And, you know, I certainly came to Warren to double down on all things fintech. I'm just so thankful that we go to a school where we have the best platform, I would say, all say on the record of sort of all MBA programs. So that's how I feel. And we're just really psyched for the next year of Wharton Fintech at large. And obviously this podcast being a huge part of that engine. Yeah. And for those listening, you can already tell that you're getting an upgrade with these two. Ali, how about we turn the tables for a second and ask Miguel and Ryan some questions, put them on the hot seat for a little bit. Let's do it. They're always on the other end of the hot seat. So let's see if they're ready. Love it. So you guys have both done a fantastic job of building our listener base, expanding the reach of the podcast. I'm sure there were some hiccups along the way. Can you tell us a little bit about the lessons learned over your past year of 100 plus episodes? Yeah, I think we're actually getting close to 200 episodes. So it's been extremely energetic. It's been a lot of work, but it's probably been the most rewarding thing I've done in my life or one of the most rewarding things I've done in my life. And I know Ryan agrees with this. I mean, we have a couple of stories, but I'll just start by saying that preparation is key. I mean, all of us are fintech nerds. There's no doubt about that. So fortunately, we do cover the industry every day. We're talking to industry folks every day. But when you're about to start an interview or you're getting ready for an interview, you have to make sure 
that you can ask good questions. And you know, there are a lot of good questions you can ask, but if you can find a way to ask your guests something that no one else has, that's when you get some of the best answers, right? To me, that has been great. And you can only get there by preparing and kind of figuring out where their mind is and what other interviews they've done and then kind of putting that all together with your own knowledge of the industry. I kind of think about like a classic chart. One axis is time of preparation and the other one is, I think, fluidity of conversation, believe it or not. Because I think I've constantly tried to strike the balance of do I prep for 10 hours for an episode, listen to every single podcast this person has ever been on, understand their business model, do everything, or do I just do maybe one to two hours to get myself a general overview and take it from there? And each one has really led to different styles of interviews. And I'm constantly kind of vacillating between the two to figure out what works best. And on that point, interviewing is a skill to be honed over time critique yourself, listen to yourself, actively ask for feedback. I've actually asked a couple guests for feedback if I thought the conversation went extremely well. What did you like? What would you like to see changed? Just to constantly make myself a better interviewer so that way we get better stories from our guests and a better product for our listeners. And on that point of better product for our listeners, the work is never done. There is always more to be done. And Miguel, I see him smiling because we are WhatsApping at two, three, four in the morning sometimes trying to figure out the best way to position a headline or how to, you know, write a great article for the story. What should we turn into video or not? I think, you know, just remembering that you're still here at Wharton and you're trying to have fun, but you also have this incredible platform in front of you is something that I had to deal with quite a bit over the last year. That's amazing. I think that's sage advice for anyone starting a podcast, but it's also it's funny. It's like you think we're in this era of content being king or something. I'm curious, we've watched you both, and I think we can corroborate on the hours and just effort and grind and scrappiness that you bring to the table and that you've facilitated through this podcast over the last year. So aside from what you've learned, and it sounds like you've learned a lot, what are you most proud of? Which episodes are standing out the most? And when you think about the legacy you're leaving behind, what sticks out in your minds? So something I always say is that every generation at Wharton takes the things to the next level, right? And, you know, it started with the yeah. content and the, the podcast being created in 2015, late 2015, right? And then it started as a show for students. And then it quickly started to evolve into, okay, maybe we brought in our audience and start bringing founders. And then the audience wasn't just students, right? And so over the following four years, the podcast really evolved and started to get a name for itself within the industry. And so when Ryan and I came in, we decided to start treating it like a media startup. And that required a lot of consistency, right, for an extended period of time. So I, I am actually super proud that we were able to stay consistent. We still are very, very consistent. And that is what has pushed our numbers to some insane levels that we had never seen before. That's why we've broken into the top 10 finance podcasts globally. That's why last week we reached over a million listens. So Ooh. super, super proud of that, right? And I know, Ryan, you have to say about this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes me back 
So April of 2020, so this is peak pandemic. I mean, nobody is even stepping outside for a walk. I get nominated to join the podcast team along with Miguel. I had never even heard Miguel's name, even though he was a classmate of mine. It's a big class, so you don't get to meet everybody in your first year. And he's like, oh, you know, let's hop on a Zoom. I'm excited to work with you on the podcast. And he comes on and just is on fire and comes in and says, we have a once in a lifetime opportunity in front of us. Everyone is at home. We have this amazing brand with years and years of content. Let's go from two episodes a month to, you know, four episodes a week. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into with with this guy? (laughs) But I absolutely loved it. And I agreed. I mean, I think, you know, an MBA can be such a demanding experience pulling you in so many directions. And the virtual environment was the ultimate blessing for us and just kind of such a blessing in disguise for us to take this podcast to the next level. Ryan, any favorite guests or episodes or any highlights? I mean, there's so many. I think when I have I made it moment, I guess, was getting an inbound from Jeff Emelt, the former CEO of GE. Of course, you know, a bit of a controversial guy in the business world, reaching out to us and saying, hey, we absolutely love the work that Wharton Fintech does. We love your interviews. We would love to have you feature Jeff on the podcast. And I mean, there's no greater compliment in this industry than an inbound from such a powerful figure in the industry. And I think there's a lot of episodes that stand out. The most fun one might have been the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, which Miguel and I both led. He's a blast. He almost had us convinced to drop Wharton on on the dot and get to (laughs) Miami. And I think just proudest episodes overall is the ones that proved the thesis of fintech. The entire industry had its watershed moment in COVID, helping people get crucial access to money, helping them surpass traditional incumbents that might have left them underserved over this last year. I spoke specifically to you know Stuart Sop of Current, who got much-needed stimulus aid days and days before other banks could. Dr. Sabrina Howell of NYU, who's a noted fintech researcher, who actually wrote a full paper on laying out how much more fintechs lent to minority-owned businesses than traditional incumbents. We had John Pitts, the head of policy at Plaid, who did a great study, Chi Chi Wu of the National Consumer Law Center, and Ohad Samet, of course, of True Accord, who is revolutionizing debt collection. And I mean, these are all people that are so, so mission-driven and really make me just happy to be in this industry. Uh, all amazing episodes. I mean, the big names are great. And, you know, I've also had a, a few like that. And for example, Marcelo Claure, number two CEO of SoftBank, and just someone who also comes from Bolivia like myself and has reached the highest levels of corporate and business and entrepreneurial success, right? To have him on the podcast or Doc Peterson's current CEO of S&P Global, right? So those are great. But to me, what I've enjoyed the most is also featuring some, maybe up and coming is not the best word, but smaller founders who are doing some amazing things, right? And and that goes from, for example, Claire McDonald, who's co-founder at TrueLink, and they are building fintech tools for the vulnerable, which is a very noble mission, but also a great business, right? Or even, you know, recently we had Tosin, who's the co-founder of TeamAppt, a fast-growing fintech in Nigeria, right? Or Santiago Suarez, who's building Adi in Colombia. And, you know, by featuring international guests, what I've loved the most is hearing feedback from audience listeners who are 
they themselves building companies in smaller fintech ecosystems and just telling us like, hey, your podcast is one of the tools that we use to kind of stay on top of the industry because we don't have a big fintech community like people in New York, people in Silicon Valley, or now people in Miami, right? But if we hear from an entrepreneur in you know, in Kenya or, or even a place like Bolivia, right, where there, there's a handful of fintech companies and they listen to the podcast and they find a lot of value. To me, that's just, you know, nirvana. <laughs> so guys, we're talking about a transition point. What, what are you off to next? Tell us a little bit about what your plans are for after graduation. Sure, I can start. So, you know, I was a consultant before Wharton and I took this really crazy, unique career pivot that no one at business school does. I'm going to investment banking out west with Morgan Stanley in their Menlo Park office working with mostly their fintech team. Really excited. You know, I knew I had probably wanted to get deeper into financial services during Wharton and wanted to find a way to do fintech. I wasn't sure I was ready to make the jump to a fintech company exactly quite yet. So I really just wanted to keep exposing myself to as many great fintech companies as possible. And so the Morgan Stanley team very excited to join them. They took a firm public. They took Lemonade public. They worked on a lot of great SPAC deals, including Paya and many others. And I think Hippo as well. I love the team. Ali has met them. And they were just featured at the Wharton FinTech Conference in a panel called Taking FinTechs Public. Very excited to you know, hopefully take some of my guests public as well as they continue their journey, whether that is through the IPO, direct listing, or SPAC. And Miguel, why don't you share your story now? Yeah, I'll share briefly two things. So I've enjoyed the media front so much <laughs> that I actually, when was this? In July, I created my own newsletter and it's called FinTech Leaders. And through that newsletter, what I've been doing so far has been just posting a summary of a lot of my interviews. And so I'm going to continue with the newsletter, right? I have some ideas to develop it and add some new sections and tools for the readers. And so just continue doing a little bit of media through that on a weekly basis. You know, the newsletter has close to 20,000 subscribers to date. So super grateful for that and just continue to develop it. And in parallel, I am kind of pursuing what I wanted since day one, and it was to build something on my own. And so I'm in the process of, of building and co-founding actually a venture capital firm to invest uh, in, you know, precisely what we talk about all day, which is fintech and the massive fintech opportunity across the Americas, which means the North and the South. And so Latin America has just such an amazing market that's only getting started, despite the momentum that we see. This is just the beginning, but also the U.S. market has such a great opportunity that the plan is to play on both sides. And we're early. We've already made a few investments and super excited to be doing that post Wharton. It just speaks to the power of Wharton FinTech, right? And the region, all of the opportunities that it unlocks. So we are so excited for both of you. We will obviously miss you dearly, but you're moving on to even greener pastures and we can't wait to hear about your experiences and hopefully follow suit. And speaking of moving on, I wanted to know why get involved with the podcast in the first place? I mean, Wharton has so many other opportunities that you can pursue. This is probably one of the most time-consuming ones. Why get involved? 
I have to put myself back in my 2018 self because I think that's when the love of this podcast specifically really launched. And it was listening to episodes in your earliest days, YouTube, or before your earliest days, actually, with Peter Jankowski, the previous president and some other hosts back then. But I think, Miguel, it's really what you were saying earlier about creating a community. I spent my entire career in metropolitan cities between New York and London, and I was walking everywhere. And this gave me friends in my ears all the time to talk about content that was near and dear to my heart, right? So you mentioned being in the virtual environment more recently, and it's that connectivity point of you know not only just hearing from household names that you might see at a big conference, but also taking a look under the hood at some of these companies and to your point, sort of amplifying the voices of folks that people might not know of yet. So it was listening to some of those episodes in the early days. This was a very big part of why I chose Wharton as my MBA program, as you all know. So I've been an early evangelist, an early believer, and just, again, really excited to take on the torch. But for me, it was all about continuing the legacy of getting best-in-class guests, asking them tough questions, being able to have incredible conversations in a very informal and social way and, and being able to share that content with the world. To me, honestly, it was talking with you both, Miguel and Ryan, when the school year started and just listening to your excitement and your excitement for the podcast was really infectious. So that was a convincing moment for me to get on the show. You know, another thing I was thinking about was you only have two years here for your MBA. And how do you make that two years the most rewarding two years that you possibly can? And both of you answered that question for me without me even asking it. And you said, this is the way. This is how you gain the most from your MBA experience. And then the last thing I want to say is just the ability to learn. I mean, we have so many incredible guests. They impart so much great wisdom on the show four times a week. And you can learn about founders that started new companies for the first time or investors that have maybe missed a few big investment opportunities, but I've also landed on some incredible ones. And it's a great way to get to learn more about the industry. Yeah, I mean, one that comes to mind on that one is Charles Birnbaum of Bessemer. You know, as incredible as his track record is, I kind of asked him, you know, have you missed any? He goes, oh, I missed on plaids like seed, series A, series B. I've missed on plaid a hundred times and I don't sleep anymore <laughs> because of it. <laughs> on that note of what's to come for the next year, what are each of you most looking forward to with working on the podcast? I'm happy to kick off on that. I think it it aligns with sort of why I wanted to get interested in some of what I've said already, but it's really about amplifying voices in fintech. I think we still have a lot of work to do of bringing folks to the forefront who, Miguel, you were talking about this, are taking on very noble causes in the space. And so it's giving folks a platform to share under the hood again, as I said, but also just the difficulties of it, not just the news release, everything is happy days, we just successfully raised another round, but sort of the trials and tribulations along the way. I think we have a very Guy Raz, how I built this element to our podcast, where you really get to know these stories behind the career paths of these people and what they've been able to build with what they've got. So I'm really looking forward to, again, exposing more voices, showing the true diversity within fintech, whether that's by race, gender, geographic, you know, representation, et cetera, but amplifying just how diverse the space is. And also I will say selfishly, I think that I am following an incredible legacy of JP Morgan Chase alums who are in the space. And so I'm excited to sort of get some of those folks into the fold, whether it's my old boss, Adam Carson, who's now a fintech VC at Point72, or Ellie Polanco, who just started Novello Payments not too long ago, or Amber Balde, who became a household name 
running the Blockchain Center of Excellence at JP Morgan is now running Clover. So there's folks that I want to get on this podcast to really amplify what they've been up to. And I think to your point, Ryan, there's just an unlimited number of stories that we could help share. And so I'm excited to be a facilitator of that. But I'll let Andrew chime in as well. I think you you hit all the great points, Ali. I mean, selfishly, the ability to get such incredible guests on the show, geniuses in the industry, and being allowed to pick their brain for 30 minutes to an hour at a time is just a fantastic opportunity. A little bit less selfishly, I'm, I'm hoping we continue to expand the demographic reach of the podcast. We have a lot of loyal followers all around the world, which is amazing to see. But continuing to get international guests is both great in terms of building our follower base, but also learning more about what other countries are doing. And a lot of times that's what comes to the U.S. next anyway. So it's a little uh, peek the curtain of what to expect. See, one of our guests said, and that's David Vélez, founder of Nubank, he said, I went to China and I saw the future. Yeah. So I think final question, you know, we would love to hear from Anarud and Ali. What are you going to be working on this summer? What are your career interests in fintech? What can we expect next from you all in addition to the podcast? Sure. So the story of what I'm working on this summer is a really good example of the power of Wharton's network. So during the school year, I was working with a club here, and then that club connected me with an investment vehicle that's working on climate tech investments and a new climate tech thesis. Uh, the partner of that firm realized that I was passionate about fintech as well, got me in touch with a company called Vine Ventures, and I'll be working for them this summer. So it's a small team, uh, they pretty recent fund, but I think they're going to make some waves coming up. Work mostly in the US, Latin America, and Israel, and they work with B2B SaaS and fintech investments. So a lot of our episodes provided me with the background knowledge I needed, both for the interviews and hopefully for the job this summer as well. So thanks for that, guys. Ali? We'll have to plug, Anarud, your new Medium blog post on the Wharton Fintech Medium that talks about, I think, this exact intersection of the green wave and fintech. So we'll certainly link that below. For me, I'm headed to Financial Technology Partners, or FT Partners for short, which is the investment banking firm focused exclusively on fintech based out of San Francisco, New York, and London. So basically my favorite three cities, but I'd say one is a distant third. And I'll let listeners decipher which one that is in time. But super excited to be there under the leadership of Steve McLaughlin, who's been a podcast guest. He's also a fellow Wharton grad. So that's very exciting. And more specifically, I'll be working on the private capital markets team. So helping fintech clients source private capital from world-class investors, whether that be growth equity, venture capital, strategics, family offices, hedge funds, you get the idea. So if you've been following some of the biggest recent cap raises like Avid Exchange, Remitly, Green Sky, Marketa, Mambu, that's all FD partners. So excited to join that fold. If you can't tell already to sell sort of the full product suite that FD partners has to offer and really looking forward to it. But we have a lot of work to do with the Wharton FinTech Club before then. And super excited that Anarud and I get an entire year after to continue. Yeah, Steve was the first guest, I first interview I published. It wasn't my first interview. It was, the, I think, the third interview I conducted. But it was the first one I published. And, you know, what a great start, right? Setting the bar high. So you two are going to have an amazing summer. For sure. And that actually mentions another point of what we're excited for. I'm excited to start having our guests lap us and come on for their second or third appearances. We've had a couple. You mentioned Charles Birnbaum. Neil Godfrey has been on a couple of times. And we're going to have Michael Sonenshine on again. So it's just exciting to see that we'll watch how much their perspectives have evolved. And we'll have sort of like a time capsule of where they were at different points in their own fintech journeys. 
Before you sign off, Miguel, this is very important. I want to end the show with a big thank you to you both. I frequently, the phrase standing on the shoulders of giants has, has entered my mind. Anything that Ali and I do over the next year is going to be because of the immense amount of work that you both have put in for the past year. I couldn't be more excited for the platform and I couldn't be more thankful for the learning curve you guys have helped us along to get us ready for our first few episodes. Thank you again. Retweet, uh, retweet. Love, <laughs> yeah, the pleasure is all ours. We hoped when we started this that, you know, we would help, you know, keep building that a next generation would keep this going. We're so excited to see where the two of you take us with a full year of learnings behind you and six plus years of Wharton FinTech podcast to lean on. We're so excited. It has been the honor of a lifetime helping grow this podcast with you, Miguel. I want to thank you for all of your help and guidance and, and late night sessions over the years. It has just been an honor and I'm very excited for what comes next. Someone is energetic, you know, and uh, as, as all in and committed. So that's been great. And also there's always the, I guess, the nervousness of will we find other people who are just as excited? And the answer was clearly yes, right? So it's going to be amazing, guys. So but with well. that, this amazing episode, for those of you still listening, thank you. As always, you can reach out on the many, many social platforms, or you can also email us. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review or letting us know in the comments. It means a lot and helps spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our FinTech community, please subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Medium, and Twitter at Wharton FinTech. There you will find interviews, articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. I would also like to thank our editor, Raphael Austria, for his incredible work on our episodes. Signing off, I'm your host, Anirudh Singh.